presented by Amazon. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghum Wanavalin. It's Friday. Today's question, what's next for Kevin McCarthy? It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. The latest news when it comes to Kevin McCarthy this morning comes from our colleagues Olivia Beavers, Jordan Carney, and Sarah Ferris, who note that McCarthy is now punting conference-wide races for committee leadership slots until after his speaker election on January 3rd, which could incapacitate Republicans during a crucial planning period, virtually guaranteeing a sluggish start for the new House majority. McCarthy can't risk pissing off members who lose these races to run House committees. The trio note, the downside of this delay is start days, if not weeks, of uncertainty for GOP committees as they begin their stint in the majority. Some of the most important panels, including those charged with tax writing and border security, won't be able to prepare bills, tee up hearings, or even hire staff. While some House committees already have uncontested leaders in place, those chairs won't be able to choose their member lineup or potentially pay staff. The GOP's subpoena power, too, will be frozen. On the other hand, it's a good reminder that as precarious as his position is, only McCarthy has the ability to tug at these House levers that can give him the space to cut the necessary deals with the holdouts. The other big development in Congress this week was the emergence of an omnibus deal that benefits McCarthy, who has resurrected the old House GOP rallying cry of vote no, hope yes, to an end-of-the-year governing philosophy. McCarthy whipped his House Republicans against the one-week extension to fund the government. He lost just nine of them, and he stepped up his attacks on an omnibus appropriations package that suddenly has a decent chance of passing before Christmas. McCarthy spent the week criticizing Senate Republicans for their alleged profligacy and doing anti-omnibus hits on Fox News. As always, the looming holiday lit a fire under negotiators to produce a deal. But just as important is that Senate Republicans don't want to punt the issue into the new year when they fear McCarthy could control the House but can't control his members. If you say it out loud, but most Republicans know that clearing an omnibus now is a political gift to McCarthy. One anonymous GOP senator told The Hill's Alexander Bolton this week, Everything I know is that McCarthy is privately cheering us on to get it done, but he's in this position of trying to get the votes for Speaker. A final tidbit from the week that points to McCarthy wheeling and dealing his way to 218, McCarthy hasn't ruled out, acceding to right-wing demands that he reinstate the motion to vacate the chair which would allow any member to trigger a vote on ousting the Speaker. The motion to vacate would destabilize McCarthy's speakership, and some moderate Republicans threatened that they would vote against a rules package that included such a Speaker kill switch. But if that is the ultimate price of the gavel, then McCarthy can pay it. Hey there, this is Zach Stanton, the deputy editor of Politico Playbook. I am joined by the one and only Eugene Daniels. Eugene, I heard that you went to the White House Christmas party. How was it? I did. So it was my first time going, and it was like the first time that they've had one in a while. I think the last one was 2017 um, with Trump, and then... 
he never had another one. And then this is Biden's first. It was interesting and different than it usually is, I think. Um, the food was delicious, unlike the congressional ball where they didn't feed them. <laughs> and, the, and the members of Congress were really pissed off. We got all the all the fixings. What, what do you wear to a White House Christmas party? Well, it depends on who you're asking. If you're asking the normal person in Washington, D.C. what they wear, it's probably like a normal suit. If you're asking <laughs> me what they wear, I wear tuxedo pants, <laughs> glittery shoes, a silk blouse that is a turtleneck, and a, a single-breasted, like, green, shiny jacket. <laughs> so to look as obnoxious as possible. But I feel like I was giving Christmas, which is really what I wanted to do. One of the things I think that's really fascinating about, like, a White House Christmas party, especially for people like us on that right playbook, there's, like, it's some of the most powerful people in Washington, D.C., like, rubbing elbows with each other and getting drunk. The eggnog is fabulous. And I had a hangover this morning. Um... And so, like, you know, Mike Donnellan's there, who's like a senior aide to to the president, has been with him forever. Um, and uh, Klain was not there, the chief of staff. But, like, you know, you talk to these aides, and basically the sense that I got, and I think other people walked away with, is like, this is a White House that feels like they know what the hell they're doing. And um, that is not how they have felt this entire time. <laughs> but after, after the midterms, after two years, after, um, you know, having some... some bipartisan legislative wins under their belt, um, they feel really good. And I think they also feel good about the position that puts Joe Biden in um, to run again if he so chooses, which seems like that is going to be the case and that they, you know, he's going to make, announce a decision within the next couple of months. Um, I think that's what I walked away with. Like, not only that, you know, the eggnog was great, my outfit was fabulous, but also that, you know, the White House feels like they've really turned a corner. But that also, you know, one of the things that also means is like, and I've you know I've talked to people who've left the the administration, and they say um, that can that can that, that means no new blood might be coming in that they're they're going to be stuck in some of their old ways. So if there are things that maybe need to be tweaked a little bit, that they won't that won't actually happen. Um, and so it's kind of a double edged sword, and that, I think that's something people should watch out for is what their posture is going to be um, in the new year. Eugene Daniels, thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At noon, President Joe Biden will participate in the town hall and speak with veterans and veteran survivors to discuss the PACT Act. Vice President Kamala Harris has nothing on her public schedule. The Senate is in today. The House is out. And in case you missed it, Politico's. Caitlin Emma and Marianne Levine note that the Senate has cleared a one-week funding patch averting a government shutdown. The measure, which passed in a 71 to 19 vote, gives top appropriators more time to flesh out a $1.7 trillion year-end spending package that Congress is racing to clear before the holidays. The negotiators involved in that deal, however, are keeping the overall spending levels and other details under wraps so as not to endanger support for the bill, given the rushed timeline. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Playbook's editor is Mike Zappler. Zach Stanton is Playbook's deputy editor. The executive producer and head of audio here at Politico is Jenny Ament. I'm Rogu Munavalan. Have a good weekend. We'll see you first thing Monday morning. 
all employees should have the opportunity and tools to grow their careers, regardless of where they start. That's why Amazon offers 10 different programs designed to help employees advance their careers and move into higher paying roles within Amazon. Learn more at aboutamazon.com.